everybody. Hello. For us, it's hello again. Oh my god. We're <laughs> having a hard day, guys. Guys, we Rough love day. you so much, we're going to do this episode again. <laughs> well, the first 20 minutes of this episode again. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties. But, but I'm uh, glad we noticed them. Not... Before yeah, we were done. super late so into the episode. Yeah, and we hadn't drank that much wine. So... <laughs> I think, I think we're doing good. <laughs> God. It's been a hard day. Um, we literally just had to go get my boyfriend. I was like, fix this. Why does this suck? And yeah, we like kind of started, it's not soundproofing, but we're, we're trying to get things to sound less echoey and trying to figure out our mic situation because we figured out this is like a Big Mac problem. Um, so Mac yeah. users, we're sorry. We bought two mics that are exact same, and now my computer won't recognize them. Yeah. So that was fun. We're gonna have to buy some equipment, but it's fine. We're we're doing this because we love it. Yes. I know if you heard that. I said I love it. We love it. <laughs> we just have the, the one mic again. Ah. But we're gonna make this work, and we're gonna tell you a great story today. So yes. it's not gonna matter. Next week we'll be back and better than ever because we're gonna buy some equipment and hopefully get this mic problem figured out seriously because um, this is annoying yeah but we thankfully we have this other mic and this is what we have been using so thankfully we drink wine while we're doing this and so. yeah we have all, <laughs> we have all reliable the blue the blue mic God. sitting on a little I, turtle footstool right it now it is so fucking cute I'll, maybe we, we can pro- let's take a picture of this setup this is hilarious we're gonna <laughs> photo shoot in the moment um, we're taking a picture because this is absolutely ridiculous boxes and surrounded by we're using a inflatable mattress box a Lowe's box and um an inflatable pool box that says office on it (laughs) (laughs) because i think we moved things in it when we moved so (laughs) it doesn't have a pool anymore oh well Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, we are drinking some awesome wine today. Yes, it is called Phantom, and it's by Boggle Winery. Yeah, Boggle Winery, and it's delish. Try it again. <laughs> it's really good. Um, the bottle's real cool. And right now we're shopping for the label, but um, eventually that might not happen. Yeah, right now we're we're keeping it with the spooky names and the spooky look and. Trying to match the theme. We'll probably run out, but we'll see. we try. We, we try our hardest. That's all you can ask for. I often employ my sister, and I'm like, can you please like name some Yeah, things? she's a sommelier. That's yeah. so cool. She, she has a dad that's a F- retired FBI agent, and a sister who's a sommelier. So this <laughs> this podcast is really perfect for her. So, you know, she's living her best life. It's, it's me. fun as fuck. Yeah, we're having a great time doing this. So even though these mic problems are annoying... And, we yeah. do this for ourselves and for you. And let me if just, you're listening, let me just give a quick shout out to Macy and her patience. <laughs> I think you called me like four times the other day trying to figure out the microphones. And then I spent two more days after that still <laughs> trying to figure them. She was out. like, "I got it. No, I don't got it. We might need this. No, that's not working." And it was just like this whole thing of she's been trying her fucking damnedest that to get this shit to work and. We're struggling still, but she's been a fucking trooper, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Tyler's always like, Macy, it's fine. <laughs> That's not fine. <laughs> Ryan was like, no, you guys sound fine. It's good. And we're like, fuck this. <laughs> no, because we bought these. So we looked so cool with 
these new mics and the setup is awesome and we we're so excited but it's, it's just, already like it's yeah computers can't <laughs> do these things apparently it's not magic but they do well hopefully also apparently it's mostly a soundtrack thing well yeah kind of thank you soundtrack you've been helpful but you've also kind of not been helpful to a point yeah so fix your shit <laughs> we love your program fix your shit <laughs> it just makes it so easy to edit it's a it lot does. easier than GarageBand. i feel and it's, well it's also really nice because it's a website so like you can hop on anywhere yeah i don't need to just have everything stored through them yeah. and you can be anywhere on any computer it's not like because garage band is stored to your computer it's a problem and you know i can't even fucking have garage band yeah, i know you're my <laughs> computer guys is so fucking old so old. <laughs> I I don't know how it still works. It's a miracle. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> Guys, if you have ever watched The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, that where he's like, oh, Unbreakable, they alive, damn it. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. That's what today's recording session has been, a miracle. A fucking miracle. So I'm going to make sure that Neither this is... one of us have either thrown the laptop or the microphone across the room. Oh my God. <laughs> I keep looking at the microphone like I'm talking to a person. I literally was, when we were recording with the actual mic, I, that's what I was doing. I was like trying to go like this. Did you see that? I was yeah. like trying to like work my hardest. <laughs> But it didn't, it didn't, in the end, it doesn't even matter. I feel like we should set up, like, stuffed animals or something. Like, a little audience. <laughs> I have some, but I don't want to get them right now. I'm being lazy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for bearing with the, through with this mic problem. Seriously. Um. Oh, go check out something cool that Nicole did on our website this week. She is posting all the pictures of the wines we're drinking. Yes. It's so really awesome. If you're interested in reading a little bit about the wines we drink and seeing what they look like and stuff, you can go on. There's a whole page dedicated to all the wines we try now. It tells you the name of it and where it's from, and it gives you a little blurb about what the kind of What it kind of tastes like. And, oh, excuse me, wine. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when you record part of an episode and start another one. You already got hiccups at the beginning of the next one. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's up and running and it's pretty cool. I yeah, like. that's a pretty neat feature now. We're excited about it's it. It's a fun way to explore what we try. Yeah, if you want to drink with us or drink the wine that we tried the last episode, yeah. tell us what you think because we've liked uh, every single every one. Every single one. And I mean, I'm not a dry wine person, so not either. surprisingly, I like this, but it, it might be like, you know, my palate. What do they say? Like every seven years? Oh yeah. Every stuff. seven years, your, um, taste buds, your taste buds, like shed basically. And you so get... all these foods you never used to like, that's why picky eaters end up like liking food they hated. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Me. I hated pickles when I was a kid. I like pickles now. They're so effing good and I love them. Anyway. Um, so what are we talking about today, Maeve? I have, I've been pumped to talk about this case. I'm I've so excited, so and we got through, like, the first 20 minutes of it, but we're I starting know, again, and so. I was so deep into it. I was, like, I sitting know. here, because I've heard of this, but I don't know the full details. Yeah. So I was, like, sitting here, and I was like, tell me more. I know, I'm pumped. Like a little kid, like. <laughs> and I, and I realized, I'm so glad that kind of we did this again, because there was this, like, whole paragraph in my notes that I wish that I hadn't said. I wish I really? had waited. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And so there you go. now I, I mean, now I can purposefully avoid it. You can avoid it. There you go. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, well, here's what happened, basically. And then I yeah. kind of backtracked. Yeah. Instead of 
kind of reading it the way I want. I think I just forgot to take that out because I would not normally have put that there. Anyway, I'm so excited because this kind of, it's true crime, but it also has a little bit of paranormal-y stuff in here. And I watched a, a bunch of episodes of like Dead Files and Ghost Adventurers and yes. uh, there was one more. And so to really get all of this paranormal information because there's not a lot actually online. Really? About specific things people experience. So it was kind of cool oh. to, un to like watch it in the moment and be like, oh, I'm feeling cold yeah. in this room. Or I'm like, this is happening in this room. So I'll talk a little bit about that at the end. I'm not going to, I mean, and obviously I'd wait. Now, there's a movie, right? Yeah, there's a movie and it's on Hulu or Prime. I think it's Prime. But it's. I don't remember. But it's, <laughs> it, we, there's a movie about this too. Um, Did you watch that yet? No, we said we were going to watch okay, it. Okay, I was going to say, I wasn't sure if you watched it without no, me. No, because I then. didn't want to watch it until I had told you what happened. Okay, that's right. Because okay. I would rather watch it with you than watch it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, Guys, I'm liked. <laughs> <laughs> without further ado, we are going to talk about the Velisca Axe Murders. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> this is actually one of the longest unsolved cases in Iowa history. Insane. Um, it has like, like it's been unsolved for a hundred years. It's so crazy. Um, and I, I really don't know what happened. I will be honest. Yeah. There's so many theories, and I, to be honest, I'm not sure what I think. There's one person that seems very, very guilty, but mm -hmm. I can't really put my finger on it. Yeah. It's very strange. Anyway. So, um, this all happens in the town of Aliska, Iowa, and it's, um, a very small, quiet prairie town, which if you want to talk about it in terms of, like, modern day America, it's about two hours southwest of Des Moines. Okay. I have no idea what it would have been close to in 1912 when this happened, <laughs> but that's where it is today. And, um, they picked the name Aliska because they thought it had some, like, nice meaning or something in, an, in a Native American language, but it actually means place of evil spirits. So, that's pretty. <laughs> Someone done fucked up. Yeah, so maybe that's not great. Guys, this sounds beautiful. It's the place of evil spirits. <laughs> I know. And, I, I, and I, I, I said this the first time we did this, I couldn't find exactly what Native American language it is. So if you know, please tell us, because... I tried, I was watching it on YouTube, and they have the auto-generated, you know, captions. captions, so I thought, I turned them on thinking it would tell me what it was, but it didn't. So, they suck. <laughs> yes, they do. Anyway, so, yeah, um, it really doesn't mean, like, beautiful flower, it means place of evil spirits. So, whoever chose that is a dummy. You <laughs> So, on Sunday, June 9th of 1912... Josiah and Sarah Moore took their children, and they had four of them. It's Herman, who's 11, Catherine, who is 10, Boyd, who is 7, and Paul, who is 5. Um, they took them to a Children's Day service at the local Presbyterian church. Um, and they had their neighbors, Lena and Ina Stillinger, with them. Lena was 12, and Ina was 8. And they were going to all attend this church service together and then go home together and the Stillingers were going to sleep over. Okay. Um, uh, and I, we learned a little bit. We talked a little bit about what a Children's Day service was. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like 
the kids. It's like a it's like a youth service yeah, today. Yeah, it's like a kids run the show. Yeah, kind of, yeah. To get them more interactive with everything going on in uh-huh. the church community and makes it more kid friendly. It's not just like your regular service. Yeah, yeah. And so like this was like an end of the year kind of a Sunday school thing because you know how like things normally wrap up for summer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure maybe back then that wasn't normally the case, but it was no- nice so families could be outside more and whatever. So, um, and it's kind of, you know, sounded similar to, like, we talked about confirmation and stuff like that. I was confirmed. And, um... I was not. (laughs) (laughs) She was, the first time we recorded this, she was like, wait, you were four? Yeah. And I was like, what? I was confirmed when I was, like, 16. And and she said, oh, well... I I thought it was, like, your first communion. And I was like, no. My brain immediately processed, for some reason, my brain heard confirmation and thought about the first communion and said, and I was like, they're both big things, really, like, little babies when you do that. They made you give a speech? No, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) no. When I was 16, they made me give a speech. Um, Which it wasn't any better. (laughs) It sucked either way. Um, but the, like, the service, they would have the kids perform and do speeches, um, and things like that. And Sarah Moore, who is the wife of Josiah, she would, um, help the kids with this. She was some sort of a director or volunteer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the service ended with a gathering that was kind of like a potlucky. It seemed like a potlucky yeah. after service dinners kind of thing. Yeah. Um but that lasted until about 9:30 in the evening and then all however many of them. I think it's 1 2 3 4 5 6 the 8. So all 8 of them walked 3 blocks home and they were all in bed by 10 o'clock. <laughs> and that that's that. <laughs> so and they were in bed. Yep. And so they went in bed. So I read some weird article that said that they ate cookies. That's specific. and I thought that was oddly specific. So I didn't put that in there. But please they tell me home. if they ate cookies. They maybe they ate didn't. Cookies. Yeah, maybe they <laughs> ate cookies. I really don't know. That detail it matters. <laughs> the cookies. The cookies. It's like Santa. <laughs> that's, um, that's your hint. It was Cookie Monster. He did it! That's who did it! Look who did it! Oh, that's good. Oh, uh, I didn't know that theory. Um, yeah, that was very odd. <laughs> so I just kind of, like, ignored that I'm guy. sorry, I just pictured Cookie Monster, like, busting down somebody's front door with a <laughs> like, cookie crumbs hanging out of his mouth with an axe in his hand. Oh my god. <laughs> Give me cookies! Oh my god! Start swinging the axe. Where's my cookie? <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, um, spoiler alert, Cookie Monster did this. this is, Slightly fucking terrifying. This is falling. Oh, that's fine. I'm gonna just put it down on the you floor. You can just place it on the floor. Hello. They're stupid anyway. Oh, the mic just started so. falling out the table. Okay, so, um, around 7.30 a.m. the next day, so the 9th of June was when they went to the, to the church thing. Okay. Um, so at 7.30 a.m. on June 10th of 1912, their neighbor, Mary Peckham, became concerned, worried, because she didn't see, like, the normal movement around the house that was, like, like, you know, everybody has their schedule. Yeah. So, like, if you're up around the same time feeding your chickens, yeah. you're probably like, hey, morning, Mr. Okay, Moore, what's up? Or every yeah. once in a while, or you at least see him. So, um, she becomes concerned, and she goes to their back door and knocked, but obviously nobody answers. 
And, well, not obviously, but nobody answers. <laughs> and um, she notices that all of the doors on their house are locked from the inside. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you go to bed, you lock your doors. I mean, yeah. maybe not then, I don't know. Um, she goes out to their chicken coop and lets and lets all their ki- chickens out and what whatever. A nice neighbor. Well, yeah, what a great neighbor. When you could trust your fucking neighbors. Right. Um, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe not so much. <laughs> not in this case. It doesn't, as much. So she lets out their chickens and then she goes home and um, gets a hold of Joe's Joe who Josiah Josiah Moore Joe's brother Ross. Ross shows up at the house at the Moore house at eight a.m. And he somehow gets into the house. We were like, how did he get in? Yeah. They didn't really say in any of the articles. So if you know, please tell me. Um, yes. Did he climb through a window? Did he have a key? I mean, I feel like he had a key or Pro- something I mean, like being that. A, being a brother, you probably yeah, have I a mean, key. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean. But you never know. I mean, <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> but he goes in and he's doing, you know, he's looking around, seeing what's up. And he sees two figures covered in a sheet in this back bedroom that they had at the Moore house. So they had some bedrooms upstairs, and then they had one more downstairs. Mm-hmm. And um, he also sees, like, blood everywhere. Oh. Um, in this room. Not, obviously, in the rest of the house. Yeah. Um, so the brother leaves the crime scene, and he goes over to um, Joe's hardware store. Joe owns some sort of, like, a animal feed or... Some sort of like farmy store yeah. back then. They called it a hardware store, but I'm I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it was more like the tractor tractor supply plus, but in 1912. Yeah. You know, like that's what that's the kind of stuff. It he wasn't had. it wasn't like hammers and screws. It was like farming equipment yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think chicken feed and yeah, I think it was more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, again, could be wrong. Who knows? Could be both. Who knows? <laughs> could be both. <laughs> um, I did not live in 1912, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, so when the brother Ross is at the hardware store, he tells an employee, um, whose name is Ed Selly, to get the marshal because something quote-unquote terrible had happened. And he hasn't even been through the whole house yet, so he's only seen these two people. Um. And he didn't even, like, look at who they were? No. Would you? I'd be terrified. My first thing would be to call the police. I don't know. I just, like, I'd, I'd immediately think, like, my family and I'd be like, oh, I guess. I like, <laughs> brother, like, is this my brother? But yeah, like, he I, just I, runs out. I guess it, it just kind of depends on who you are. And yeah. you see that a lot of people would just turn and run. But That's first, suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> We're not going to sing this every episode. We might. Wait, but I don't us. care if you don't like it. <laughs> so, so whatever. Um, so <laughs> the marshal shows up to the house at 830. And he goes through the house. And he comes back to Ross, and he says, somebody has been murdered in every bed. Um, Straight chills. Yeah, like, is that so... Okay, (laughs) so if you hear some weird, like, noise going on in the background, my husband and I live in the country, and uh, we have a septic tank (laughs) that needs to get cleaned or flushed. Every once in a while. Every once in a while, and... and they came this morning, but apparently they had to come back, so there's a weird voice. Anyway, <laughs> sorry if you hear it. I hope you don't. Um, but if you do, that's what's going on. Um, you know too much about my life. Um, <laughs> so when the when these bodies are discovered in in the Velisca murder house, the Moore home, um, the news traveled around town really quick. Mm. Everybody knows everybody. This is a small prairie yeah. town. Like. 
There's no way that people don't know what's going on. Back then, it was like you run to your neighbors and knock, like, "Oh my God, did you hear?" And they run to their neighbors. Yeah, they are, and they're like, "Woo!" Everybody's friends with everybody. Yeah, exactly. So, neighbors and other like people, like other people in town, come to the house, and law enforcement just like lost complete control of the scene. People are walking through there. What? They are taking shit. That was loud. I'm sorry. They contaminated this whole fucking crime scene. Not that they had a lot of stuff to like but that, do that back then, but they they trample they trample through this home. Let's say that's how many times have we heard of cases like look at the freaking Golden State Killer because they saved DNA from back then. They had it to test now. Well, they can't do that. Because they, they fucking can't. contaminated everything. Oh, that would piss me off as a police Law officer. Law enforcement, they say they say now in records that um, that nearly 100 people walked through the house looking at the bodies before the National Guard of Villisca finally arrived to block off the area. What is wrong with people? Okay, I, I understand, like... We're fascinated by these things, so we have a podcast. Let's talk about it. <laughs> but I'm not going to go steal shit from but somebody I'm not else. Gonna, I'm not going to be like, oh my god, guys, did you hear that this morning our neighbors were murdered? Let's go trade through the crime Let's go take their shit. And steal their shit. Like, what? That's so fucked up. But you even said in your podcast with the, with, what the are they called? The vendors. They walked through and started they did, taking shit. They literally took everything down. This is like entertainment. The boards that built their house. People are entertained by that. It's so bizarre. It's so crazy. So, like I said, I'm going to kind of go back. What is discovered during the course of this in- investigation is sometime between midnight on Sunday the 9th when they went to the church gathering and or sorry Sunday Sunday June 9th when they went to the church gathering and Monday June 10th a person or persons entered the home and bludgeoned eight people to death oh. Josiah Sarah Moore their four children and the two girls spending the night those two poor girls oh so they this person murdered <clears throat> six children all I can imagine is being that mother or that father that let my kids be like, yes, honey, you can spend go sleep the night at your friend's house. You are. And you could, you like, th- I would have spent my whole life beating myself up. I'm like, should've I should have just never, said no. Should've I should have made them come over. home. Like, oh. And these kids are aged 5 through 12. They're oh. very young kids. It's never really, a life. It's really I fucked up. never got to experience anything. I so know. Sad. It's so sad. So all of them had been bludgeoned with an axe. Obviously, that's called Villisca Ass Murder. I said Villisca Ass Murders. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Sorry, Villisca Axe with an X Murders. Sorry, she like almost <laughs> spit out her wine. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my bad. Murder is not funny. And but, but me being a little tipsy oh, talking about this is. God. Um, so they had all been bludgeoned twenty to thirty times in the face. Oh, with the blunt end of the axe. I feel like after so many times, there's nothing left. Why do you need to keep swinging it? Exactly. And kids, what did the kids do to you that was so bad that you had to bludgeon them 20 times? That's that's extremely personal. I know, exactly. So there was an axe left at the crime scene that did have blood on it. So they presumed that this is the murder weapon. So this asshole like left it. And I mean, they don't have fingerprints. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Ugh. So they can't get anything off of that. That hurts my soul. Mrs. Moore, so Sarah Moore, was the only victim that was struck with the blade of the axe. 
Wait. Mm-hmm. Wait. That seems weird. Wait, so, like... So, all of the other victims, so, like, they got that other side that's connected to the... They got, like, the dull side. The dull side. It's not meant for chopping things. Yeah, and she got the chop to the face. And she's the only one. That's really screwed up. I know, it's very weird. You have an axe, why do you use... Uh, uh, yeah. Why do you use the dull side? I know. God. Oh, I don't know. I don't head. know. <laughs> so, it appeared that all of them had been sleeping when this happened. They were all in their beds. But my thing is, like... Were any of them sharing a room? The husband and the wife. And the kids! I was gonna say, were any of the kids, like, sleeping together in the same room? They were all They were all three... All... Well, I don't... Yeah, I think, like, all four of the more kids were in, like, the same room upstairs. That's so weird. And, like, how did they not wake up and start screaming? That's my thing. How did the wife not wake up and start... This is my thing. They all appeared, quote-unquote, I'm using quotes here, to be in their beds, but... How do you control a house of eight people? You got you. You have to have more than one person, or you have to be really fucking fast. Fucking quiet. Yeah. Like, maybe he like hit them first and like knocked them unconscious. Well, that's first. what I thought is maybe he hit each of them like one time just to either knock them out or get them quiet. Like yeah, it's and then weird. went back because like uh, unless um if that's not how you did it, you had to have more than one person. Exactly. It's very weird. If somebody walked into my room and hit somebody with the head with an axe next to me, I'd You'd wake up. fucking wake You'd up. You'd fucking wake up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's very weird. Um, doctors estimated, like I said, that the time of death was shortly after midnight somewhere. Sometime after, mm-hmm. like before or after midnight. Yeah. It seemed very close to that. Um, they, all of the curtains in the house were drawn on the windows. Except two, which did not have curtains, and the murderer had searched through dresser drawers and had taken pieces of the family's clothing and, like, covered, like, the mirrors and any windows that were still not covered. Wait a second. They covered not only the windows, but mirrors? Yeah. That's weird. It, what the fuck? That's really What is weird. happening? It's so weird. That's got, like, a deep spiritual meaning to it. I know. You people, don't want to see your fucking face with that. A lot of people think that, like mirrors can capture your soul there's a lot of people that believe like if you die in front of a mirror your soul is taken in there yeah it's there like so weird right that's really weird weird yeah it's very strange um all of the victims faces were covered with bedding their own bedding like they he pulled the sheets up over their heads um a kerosene lamp was found at the foot of the bed of Josiah and Sarah, the, of the parents. And I don't know, know what this means exactly. So if someone can inter- explain it to me, but I couldn't figure out how to explain it in layman's terms. So I'm just going to read it. Yeah. So if some, if you understand, Nicole, or if somebody else okay. understands, tell me. Because I, I literally wrote this word for word. I don't get what it means. Okay. The chimney was off and the wick had been turned back. And the chimney was found under the dresser. Is the chimney the glass thing on the lamp? The kerosene lamp? Yes. So that thing had been taken off. Because the kerosene lamp, it literally has like a chimney piece in it. You have to like turn the little knob and it lights. Okay. Um, Yeah, see, I didn't know what that meant. So the, the chimney part of it had been taken off, been like thrown off. That's weird. And the wick had been... Like, I don't, it doesn't say it was broken. It just says turned back, so it must have been, like, flipped. Yeah. And then, um, then the chimney part had, was found under Sarah and Josiah's dresser. So they, like, dresser. 
took it out and just like chucked it. Or something happened. Like, did they kick it? Or like something happened to well, make like that you, happen? You think if they kicked it, the whole thing would be like but, smashed on the floor or something? But here's the thing: a similar lamp was found at the foot of the bed of the Stillinger girls, and the chimney was also off. Wait. But the thing wasn't pushed back. Just the chimney was off. Where was the chimney for that? Did they say where it was found? They didn't say it where it was found. But it, was, it wasn't there. But it That's wasn't there. Weird. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the axe, I said that he had left, was found in the room that the Stillinger girls were sleeping in, which is the downstairs bedroom. Um, it was bloody, but it looked like the murderer had tried to wipe it off at some point. <laughs> um, and the axe actually belonged to Josiah Moore. Oh. It was his own, this guy got his own fucking axe and killed him with it. That's nice. Yeah, it's crazy. This is great. Um, the oh. ceilings in the both the parents' and the children's room, which was upstairs, showed gouge marks, which were made by the upswing of the axe. How low were those ceilings? I mean, I guess low enough for this guy to get this thing above his head and so hit the ceiling. I guess if you're standing and you're holding an axe and you swing it upwards... But he must have been kind of bent over. Yeah, see, so he would have had to, like, be Boom. leaning over them. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm, a, I'm not standing right now, so I, mean, I can't even... and I guess back then houses were built a little bit different. Now we have, they, like, a, it's coded that, like, your ceilings have to be seven feet tall and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they probably were So back were low. then it could have been low, but that's insane. But it's weird, right? Yeah. Um, there was a piece of a keychain that was found on the floor in the downstairs bedroom where the Stillinger girls were staying also. And then, okay, and this is weird. This is weird. A pan of bloody water was found on the kitchen table, as well as a plate of uneaten food. So, like, this guy made a fucking plate for himself and then didn't eat it. Um, and then, like I said, all the doors had been locked from inside. I am so confused. I know! <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to get into a little bit about, like, the bodies and how they were found and stuff like that. Okay, so I'm going to get into now a little bit about how the bodies were found and a little bit more about that type of the work. Okay. okay. So the bodies of Lena and Ina were found in the downstairs bedroom. Mm -hmm. They said it was off the parlor. So almost like kind of like a living okay. room area. Um, Ina was sleeping closest to the closet wall. and Or sorry, Ina. Sorry, Ina was sleeping closest to the closet, to yeah. the wall. And um, Lena was on her other side. Okay. Like, so I think there were two beds. Yeah. Um, a gray coat was covering Lena's face. Um, and a, there was a doctor, his name was Dr. F.S. Williams, and he made this, and there was an inquest, and he made this testimony. It said, she lay as though she had kicked one foot out of her bed sideways with one hand up under the pillow on her right side, Half sideways, not clear over, but just a little. <laughs> Apparently, she had been struck in the head and squirmed down in the bed, perhaps one third of the way. She like tried to like bury herself in the bed. Oh, Lena, like what you do as a kid too to like I, like what do you do when you're when a you're, child? Like do you turn and like this, or you hide? Let's say when we just I just remember being a kid being scared like a little like. You hear things, and you get scared yeah, in your bed. Boogeyman, you, yeah. You think hiding under your sheets protects you, and that just, that hurts my soul. I know, but then she had this weird coat over her face. Yeah. Um, Lena's nightgown had been slid up, 
and she was not wearing underwear. Oh. Um, doctors concluded that she had not been sexually assaulted or abused. Um. Mm, that's weird. Yeah. Um, and there was a blood so- blood. There was a blood stain. Sorry, on the inside of her right knee. But they, but the doctors assumed that that was a defensive wound, like the blood was from a defensive wound on her arm. Okay. Um, there was a doctor who was um, the cor- the coroner that was Doctor Linquist, and he said that there was a slab of bacon. Because they didn't cut it, but like they cut it themselves. Yeah. Um, they didn't have like what we have now, where, um, and this is kind of gross. So bear with me. He there's a slab of bacon on the floor in the downstairs bedroom where Lena and Ina were. Yeah. Um, and it was lying really close to the X where he left the X. This bacon weighed roughly two pounds. Um, and it was wrapped in some sort of a dish towel. And there is this theory that the killer was using it as some sort of a masturbatory aid. Yeah. But that can't be confirmed or denied. They're not really sure why this is there. Um, very weird. That's really fucking weird. Um. Oh. Yeah, weird. One of Sarah's shoes, so back up to the upstairs. Okay. Where the parents and um, the kids, the, the more kids were. One of Sarah's shoes was found on Josiah's side of the bed where he was sleeping. Hmm. Um, and the shoe was found like tipped over. It wasn't like upright. It was like tipped over on its side. Uh-huh. And, um, but it had blood on the inside of it as well as to the side of it. Okay. So, oh, I'm sorry, not, not the side. It was underneath. Okay. So what they think happened was that the shoe had been upright when Josiah had first been hit. Yeah. Um, and then Jos- and then the blood ran off on the shoe and somehow got turned over. Whether the killer kicked it by accident. Or what, yeah, or... but they found this shoe. Um, and it, they also think that the killer came, like, killed them all, went and did something, and then came back to hit them again. Oh and that's that's how they think that the shoe got knocked over. Was that he like hit them all, killed them all, came back and then gave them more blows. Yeah. Like and that's when it got knocked over. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's so strange. So many like weird little details. I know. And I was very thankful to find this article cuz I was like, "Whoa, look at all this stuff." You should watch the documentary right after this. Is it the do- is it a documentary or is it a movie? I have no idea, but we should watch it. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, so, the authorities think that the killer entered the house at some point while the Moors were gone that day at oh. the church service. And that they that he laid in wait for them in the attic. Oh. Because, I mean, who else would have access to the house except for, like, I mean, unless they left their doors unlocked, but I don't know. Um, so once the family was asleep... Mm-hmm. He left the attic, um, and they said that he was probably using the lamp to guide his way around the house. Yeah. Um, but it also seems like he knew the home's layout and that where everybody weird. would be. It was very weird. Um, he, like, went past the room with the children 
first. This is what authorities think. And he went into Josiah and Sarah's room and he killed them. And then he made his way over to the kids' room and killed them. That would make sense. And then went down to Lena. Yeah. And that's how Lena and and Ina didn't hear anything. This is all upstairs. This was all upstairs. And if the parents are dead, then the kids aren't awake and startled. So it's, I mean, uh, this seems likely, but... I would say that's likely because he would have to take out the parents first. That's going to be... Especially if he came back and did final blows. Because he yeah. could have killed them, killed them, killed them, killed them, killed them, killed them, gone downstairs, killed them, killed them. Yeah, and then... Ate some lunch. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, tried, midnight snack. Tried to make bacon or something. Yeah, or whatever he's doing <laughs> this, with this fucking bacon. And then went back and did it again. Yeah. And that's maybe why there because were 20 to whatever many mean, blows. Not to be weird but that would be my first thing is take out the parents because that's going to be your biggest threat is if mom or dad wakes up. Yeah the kids are going to be easy to control. Kids are easy to control whereas mom and dad are not going to be. No they're going to fight back. Yeah. So very weird. Um and then they think that after he you know did these final blows that he kind of cleaned up whatever he did put all of the stuff on the they covered their faces covered the windows covered everything. And then he took the keys to the home and locked the door behind him and left. He took the keys? Yeah. It's so weird. Um, so the more Stillinger funeral um, were held in the Villisca Town Square on June 12th of 1912. And thousands of people came. Thousands. Wow. The National Guard had to, like, block the street as the hearse came down. Um, and their caskets were obviously closed, not on display. (laughs) And they were, when the, you know, everything was over and the service was over, they had to be carried on several wagons to the Villisca Cemetery for burial. So I wonder if you can go there and see their burial site. You probably can. That'd be interesting because I know you can go to this house. Yes. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Because you and I had, like, a whole night talking about that. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's, they said that the funeral procession was 50 carriages long. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people were there. So, again, I'm just going to go over the victims here. Josiah B. Moore, he was 43. Sarah Moore was 39. Herman Moore was 11. Catherine Moore was 10. Boyd Moore was 7. Paul Moore was 5. Lena Stillinger was 12, and Ina Stillinger was 8. The 8 people that were murdered. So, like I said, this case has gone unsolved, but there were several suspects, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go over the most prolific ones. Okay. um, Because there were a few that, like, make sense, and then there were a few where it was, like, weird, and I was like, "Mm, this is unlikely. So, I'm just going to cover, like, there's only one person ever been tried for this murder. Okay. But obviously that didn't stick because no one has ever been convicted for this murder. So here's, here, let's just get started here. The first, the first, um, what's this, victim, not victim, oh no, not victim. Not victim. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Suspect. The the first suspect, sorry, (laughs) woo, was Reverend, and this is going to be long, Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly. God bless I'm going to call him Reverend Kelly. <laughs> so, um, so why he was suspected was because at 9.15 in the morning of the murders, so 9.15 of 
oh, 519, sorry, dyslexia, 519 of June 10th, when they discover the bodies. Yeah. He was on board the westbound train number five. Okay. Very, why are you trying to get out of town, buddy? Yeah. What's at five in the morning? At five in the morning. Um, he allegedly told other travelers on this train that eight dead souls were back in Villisca, Iowa, butchered in their beds while they slept. And he said this and the bodies had not been discovered yet. Oh. Unless you're fucking psychic. Yeah. You don't know that there are bodies before the police do. Do. Jeez. And this is what's also weird. So Kelly had arrived in Felisca on Sunday morning. Okay. On the morning of the mur- of like the church service. Yeah. And attended the children's day service and then departed Monday morning. And like I mean, I don't know if you guys know a lot about traveling preachers. I know a little bit. I did a show. I don't. I did I did a show where like there was a southern traveling preacher. They're there for like weeks. Wow. Or at least a week. They're not there for like a day. Yeah. You have to plan this meeting with them and they come and they're going to do things. And like, it's a lot, it's a lot more in depth than being like there for a day watching this children's service, but not attending and then leaving. Yeah. So it's very strange. Um, and he returns to Villisca two weeks after the murders and he poses as a detective and he joins. Yeah. He joins this tour of the house with a group of investigators. Um, yeah, he claims... I, I heard that he claimed that he was, like, some sort of, like, British thing. Like, British investigator. Like MI3 or whatever the heck they're called. Yeah, I mean, I, who, who, never, who knows what they're called then, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, My five. I don't know. I'm going off a friggin'... <laughs> Investigator investigators didn't become aware of any of this though until a few weeks after the murders. Yeah. So he does all of this and says all of this, and they don't catch it for a while. Um, they'd re- they'd been alerted by recipients who had uh, recipients of his rambling letters. That is what one of my articles said. So he was like writing these crazy letters to people, and they finally were like, finally were like, "This is fucking weird," and the police went after him. Mi five. Mi five. Okay, More. maybe was that nineteen ninety six? Is that nineteen twelve though? Is that what they were calling him in nineteen twelve? He said that he was some weird officer. I don't know. I remember so, that. Some of these say Mi five, and then some of them say Mi six. I don't know. I literally just googled British CIA. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I mean, but that's not going to be what it is in nineteen twelve. No, back there was then, no CIA back see, then. It just says I see British intelligence agency, secret intelligence service. Yeah, couple Who knows. Things. It's weird. So. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about the Reverend now. Um, he immigrated to America with his wife in 1904 um, and preached at a bunch of Methodist churches in North Dakota, Minnesota, Kansas, and Iowa. And as an adolescent, like as a teenager, he had suffered an extreme mental breakdown. Oh. Um, he was a visiting minister in a lot of um, the communities that were north of Villisca. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that he had developed a reputation for strange behavior. Um, 
he had been convicted previously of sending obscene material through the mail. Oh, like Albert Fish. I forgot about that part. It's like Albert Fish. And he had spent time in a mental hospital. And the police um, determined that, had determined during their investigation of the Villisca house that the blood spatter evidence um, indicated that the killer was left-handed. Kelly was left-handed. Oh. Many had seen him at the church gathering and had seen him watching the Moore family specifically. Yeah. Um, and then a dry cleaner in a nearby town had received um, bloody clothing from Kelly a few days after the murders. What? Yeah. It's very, it seems like it's him. Bro, I mean, why are you even trying? Just burn them. <laughs> I don't know. That's wrong with people. Um, so a grand jury ended up indicting him for Lena Stillinger's murder. And he was an interrogated throughout the summer of 1917. And he sat in jail waiting to be tried. And on August 31st of that same year, Kelly signed a confession to the murder saying God had whispered to him to suffer the children to come unto me. Whatever the fuck that means. Oh, God. Um, and then, but when they put him on trial, Kelly recanted his confession. And his, um, and his case went to a jury on September 26th. The jury, the jury, the jury, like a chimichurri. <laughs> the jury deadlocked 11 to 1 for acquittal. And then there was a second trial immediately after, but they officially acquitted uh, Reverend Kelly in November. But that seems oddly suspicious. Don't yes. be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Just that's, don't be suspicious. That's then. what he was singing as he left the courtroom. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the other, there's another suspect, and his name was um, Frank Jones. He was a local business and business businessman. God, I can't talk. And state senator. Oh God. So that's fucked. Oh yay. Um, he was in like business competition with Joe Moore. Joe Moore had worked for Frank Jones for a long time. I think like I think it was like seven years or something. And at a farm equipment sales business. Okay. See, I'm telling you, their hardware stores are the same thing. Um, and he left to start his own rival business. Oh, Joe did. Okay. Um, and Frank Jones was upset because when Moore left, he took. Um, John Deere with him. John Deere was like this big client and it was like a big franchise back then. I mean, it is now. I was going to say, John Deere is like they make the, the best fucking yeah, but this and is like and shit. olden day and this is still a big company today. That's crazy. So he had taken, you know, his biggest client from him. Gotcha. Or Joe had taken the big client yeah. from Frank. Um, there was also a rumor that Joe was having an affair with Joe, with Frank Jones's daughter-in-law, Donna. Mm -hmm. Um, but the reports can't be confirmed. It's like, they don't think that really was true. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people in the town, um, insist that more was, you know, that, that more in the, the Moors and the Joneses had like a deep, deep hatred. Yeah. They were rivals. Um, but no one thinks that it was bad enough. This, this rivalry was bad enough for him to murder Kill him. Yeah, his like... His whole family. Um, and more. Like... Yeah, it's very weird. 
But then there are these two detectives, or there's this one detective, sorry. His name is Detective Wilkerson, and he's of the Burns Detective Agency. Um, I think it was some sort of investigation that was going on into the case. Yeah. They openly accused Frank and his son of hiring a man named William Mansfield to kill Joe, and that maybe it got out of hand. Neither of them are arrested, though, and both denied that they had any connection to any of this. So, but it's interesting because um, William Mansfield is suspicious. So, um, William Mansfield is um, arrested in 1916. Mm -hmm. He lived in Blue Island, Illinois, um, and was a suspect of the Burns Detective Agency. Um, especially James Wilker, or yeah, James Newton Wilkerson, who was the detective. According to Wilkerson, um, Mansfield committed the murders, and he was hired by Frank Jones, hmm. and who I think they called FF Jones because things like H H Holmes. We love that case. So <laughs> according um, to this detective, Mansfield Mansfield was a cocaine addict and a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, he believed that Mansfield was responsible for the axe murders of his wife, infant child, father-in-law, and mother-in-law in Blue Island, Illinois, that happened in July 5th, 1914, which is two years after the Villisca murders. Um, and he also believes that he is the killer in the axe murders committed in Paola, Kansas, four days before the Villisca murders and though two people were killed in that mur- in that murder, um, Jenny Peterson and Jenny Miller of Aurora, Colorado. Okay. Um, according to Wilkerson's investigation, all of the murders were committed in in precisely the same manner, indi- indicating that the same man committed oh. them. Um, Wilkerson said that he could prove that Mansfield was present at each of these places on the night of the murders. Um. In each murder, the victims were hacked to death with a with an axe, and the mirrors in the homes were covered. Oh! Um, a burning lamp with the chimney off was left at the foot of the bed, and a basin in and the basin was left where the murderer had washed his hands, just like at the list. That's so weird. In all of these cases, the murderer obviously didn't leave fingerprints. They and um, Wilkerson believed that there was strong evidence that. The murderer was Mansfield because he knew because he thought that Mansfield maybe knew that his fingerprints might be somewhere else, and so he was trying to hide it. But I don't know if you could do fingerprint. Fingerprints must have been. I uh, see. Back then, I mean, they could probably in their infancy. Yeah. In I the mean, infancy of that, I, I would say they could probably take them. But I don't know no, what they, they could do really, with them. They probably had like you need technology to be able to see all the little lines on your finger, fucking finger. Well, exactly. I say the most they probably had was each police station probably had like a book, Almost and you have like to like circle that little like, thing. Yeah, you like have to put them next to each other and look through a microscope and like look. Yeah, at the that's. Lines. What I mean, and it was like it, I mean, was, it could be done. And it was only what you had on record. It was people right. around. Yeah, they didn't have codes. Yeah, like that. it wasn't like some database you could just drop. A picture in and be like search and it would yeah. do it for you <laughs> yeah so in 1916 this detective wilkerson can somehow convinces a grand jury to open up another investigation um and mansfield is arrested and brought to Mo- montgomery county in kansas city because he wasn't living in Villisca anymore mm-hmm. and i think this this agency yeah it's in kansas city 
So, like, I don't know why they were looking up for him up there, but this must have been a famous murder. So, if you know, tell me. I couldn't find anything <laughs> out about that. Um, but he said he had strong evidence that he could prove that blah, 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 blah. Payroll records proved that Mansfield had an alibi and placed him in Illinois at the time of the Villisca murders. Oh, okay. Um, he is eventually released for lack of evidence, and he later won a lawsuit against Wilkerson and was awarded $2,225, which at that point was a fucking lot of money. Yeah. It could get you very far. Yeah, um, that'll get you fucking really far. Wilkerson believed that there was pressure from Frank Jones that eventually resulted in Mansfield's release. But he lived in Iowa. I mean, unless he was a state senator and I, I mean, I, if you're a state senator, you're the state senator in Iowa. He's not going to be a state senator in Illinois. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Um, so I, I don't know what I think about that. I don't think that's very likely. If you can't really prove that this guy did it and that he, and if he wasn't in Villisca, mm. like, that doesn't seem. It doesn't seem likely doesn't at seem all. Likely. But a lot of people think that this was the work of a serial killer. A lot of people do. Um, so, obviously... Wilkerson's case really strongly suggested that there was a serial killer at work here. Yeah. Um, But there was also another federal officer named M.W. McClory, who was assigned to the Villisca case, who announced on May of 1913, in May of 1913, that he had not, that he had solved the Villisca murders, and he had also solved 22 others that had been committed in the Midwest around the same time. Okay. Um, he thought, McLowry thought that there was a man named Henry Moore, who has no connection, no relation, no relation to Josiah Moore. He thought that he was the serial killer responsible. Henry Moore was actually convicted of the murders of his mother and maternal grandmother-in-law in Columbia, Missouri, just a couple of months before the Villisca murders. Um... Moore's family had been killed just as brutally as the Moore family in Villisca, and obviously he had chosen an axe as his weapon. Um, in 1900, Henry was living with a family in Franklin, I- Franklin County, Iowa, and was working as a um, farmhand. Um, at this time, he was sentenced to the Kansas State Reformatory in Texas, uh, in Kansas, sorry, at, on a forgery charge. But he was released in April of 1911. And then there were some murders in Colorado Springs that occurred in September of that same year. All right. Um, testimony during Henry's trial indicated um, that he had lived with his mother and grandmother during the winter of 1911 and the summer of 1912. Um, and he had taken a job on the, and he had left to take a job on the railroad. So, Henry Lee Moore obviously is convicted of killing his mother, and I think it was his grandmother, right? That, that's what I said. And um, he ended up serving a 36-year, they said it's life sentence. Oh, oh, sorry. He th- served 36 years of his life sentence. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, 
before being paroled by the governor of Missouri in December of 1949. Sorry. Mm -hmm. The governor commuted commuted his sentence in July July 30th of 1956, and Henry was 82 years old. Um, And then there were, like, other murders that also came to light during the Villisca investigation that looked similar. Just... They said nine months before the crime, um, this man named H.C. Wayne, his wife and child, and another woman named Mrs. A.J. Burnham, and her children were bludgeoned to death in Colorado Springs. Oh, all right. right. And then a month later, in in October of 1911, a family was killed in Monmouth, Illinois. Um, And then just a week after that, five members of a family in Ellsworth, Kansas, were murdered when they slept. Oh, my God. Um, all, all in the similar way? Yeah. And so McClowry wow. used all this information from Moore's conviction, and he also, I think, had talked to his father, um, and, and they believed that Henry Moore had committed all the murders. But for some reason, Detective McClowry's, like, announced procl- like his proclaimment or whatever, like, yeah. this thing he says where he's like, oh, I can prove it, goes really, for the most part, ignored. They ignored it. Whoa. Um, and he was never convicted for any crimes other than killing his mother and grandmother. I wonder why they ignored him. I don't know. It's very strange. That's really, like, if somebody was like, I can prove this crime and who did it, I'd be like, okay, tell me. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it wasn't founded. I'm not (laughs) sure. I guess back then, corrupt police forces were also a big thing, so. Exactly. Who knows? Could be anything. So no one else has ever been tried for these murders. And... Like I said, almost 100 years later. It actually is, I think, 1912 to 2012 would have mm. been 100 years. So 100 yeah. years later, they've still not been solved. So it's 108 years now. Yeah. So as everybody can expect, this place is haunted as fuck. <laughs> I can't wait for the spooky part. Haunted as fuck. Apparently you can go visit. Nicole and I looked at how much this costs. Yes. It does not cost very much. To go visit for the night. It's like you can. It's like one to six people. It's, it's like four hundred dollars for yeah, six it's people. Yeah, four hundred dollars to stay a night, and it's that's like for everybody. And you can and have up to six if, people, and then it's like so much more. Yeah, if you they more they than that, said but. that if you wanted more, you had to pay per person after that. Yeah, after that, and it. But they said I don't think they said they don't recommend more than ten people. Yeah, I mean, there's I no electricity. It's back to the way it was. There yeah. is no electricity. The only electricity is in the barn. Yep. If you have to use the bathroom, you have to go out to the barn. There was, like, the whole You can't sleep in the beds. Yeah, they tell you when you come, you have to bring sleeping bags. You have to be prepared to keep warm because there's no heat. So, like, you are sleeping on the floor in sleeping bags in no electricity. And they said that you show up at, like, 4 p.m. They give you a tour. Mm -hmm. They hand you the key. And they fucking leave they leave you there. Yep. Which I would probably literally sit in the middle of the floor and be like, "Hey, those spooky things. Um, please don't hurt me. I just want to. I just want to record some noises. All respect. All, all respect. All respect. All respect. Please don't follow me home. You can do some spooky <laughs> sounds, and um, I won't do anything to you. I won't hurt you. I'll just sit here quietly. Okay, I don't want to disturb you. Sorry. I just want to hear some sounds. I want to hear some spooky things. So, so you can do this. <laughs> You can stay the night, but it's also open for tours That's And cool. during the day. And a lot of people have, have apparently experienced paranormal activity there. 
Um, Bring it on. They see apparitions of the children and the adults throughout the home. Um, they hear strange st sounds. Screaming can be heard. Um, and it's thought to be the children who like woke up before they were bludgeoned. I just got the chills. <laughs> yeah. People get tugged on their shirts. They get their arms grabbed. Um, this one guy said in this show that I watched when they do all those interviews mm -hmm. that he had seen a face in the attic window. Um, <laughs> doors slam shut, unexplained scratches. Um, there have even been reports of entities following staff home. Um, nope. Yeah. <laughs> there, you can hear faint crying. There's cold rooms. You hear footsteps, objects moves. Objects thrown violently. I straight up have goosebumps right now. I yeah. <laughs> the attic door has been seen flinging back and forth. Oh my god. And they say that you see shadow people and hear growling in the basement. Growling. Growling. That's some fucking demon shit, From man. the basement? Yeah, no. Oh my I'm god, I'd block it. I'd go like, by. I'd show up and they'd be like, um, ma'am, why do you have this giant wooden board? I'd be like, just, I'm just gonna nail it to the basement door for the night. I'll, no, I don't, I'll take it off when I leave. Um, so if you guys watch Dead Files, which we love, fucking it's love got it. medium Amy Allen and a retired NYPD homicide detective named Steve DeShavi. I love them. Let me tell you, Macy got me into the show and you guys need to watch it. It's so good. They did an episode in this house. And Amy, who's the medium, felt nausea. She had back pain. She had neck pain. And she heard loud growling. And that's fucked. Um, a lot of people think that the family are good spirits and it's more residual stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they think that there's a bad spirit there who is intelligent, who is possibly demonic. Possibly. An intelligent demonic spirit. No, thank you. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I watched a Ghost Adventurers. Um, Adventurers. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm new to that show. Um, <laughs> she gave me dead files. I gave her Ghost Adventures. <laughs> yeah. Um, there. They they also went to the house and they got an EVP of somebody saying I killed six kids. <laughs> and they also did a spirit box session. Um where they heard children's voices say Lena and Paul, which were two of the kids that were killed. That's creepy as fuck. There was also an EVP that said, we're going to keep them in the dark. That's That sounds terrible. Scary, yeah. And kind of sad. <laughs> and then there was, you know how Zach is, he likes to kind of rile things up. Oh, yeah. At one point, he yells, um... You're a sinner. Like, you're a sinner for committing all of these crimes, blah, 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 blah. And you hear an EVP later that says you're going to give up blood. Ooh. Yeah. He likes to do that. Yeah. That's the one thing. Like, I love Ghost Adventures, but I think Zach Bagans is goddamn bonkers. I don't... I would not provoke anything like that. He, people will literally look at him and be like, don't provoke it. They'll walk away and Zach turns around to the camera and he's like, motherfucker! <laughs> I'm going to provoke it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you freaking moron. Um, so, guests have even claimed to see random pools of blood on the floor. Um, but then when they go to get help, the blood is mysteriously gone. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and a lot of ghost groups and psychics have visited, obviously visited the home. And they all confirm that the house is extremely haunted by the family. 
and they are they think that the spirits are restless because they don't they that their crime has never been solved. Honestly, between the fact that their crime was never solved and they were just murdered in such a horrific way, yeah, their lives were taken from them. They were just getting started, young kids, new life. Like that was just. They hadn't even begun yet, and it was just... Like, who the fuck did this? I want to know who the fuck did this. I don't, but I'm not sure we'll ever know. So, guys, that's the Velisca X murders. That's freaking crazy. I know. So many twists and turns, right? I I am still just stuck on the bacon. I won't lie. The The fucking bacon is stuck in my head since you said it, and I'm just like, that's... I don't see, I mean, I just don't see what any use there is for a slab of bacon in the middle of a murder. Right? But, I mean, that's pretty specific if you want to. You know, I have, like, this thought in my head is, like, maybe, because you said there was a, there was a plate on the table of food that wasn't touched. Maybe he'd, like, started to make food and, like, prepare and was going to eat, and that was in the morning when the neighbor came and knocked on the door. She would have seen him leave. But you don't know because she went to get help. Because she knocked on the door, said, "Oh, but why did he here. leave it in the Stellinger let, girl's room? Let though. the chickens out, and then maybe he climbed out the window that way, or like maybe that was the opposite side of the house or something." That was like my thought. Is that's my only thought? Is like maybe they caught him while he was still there, or whoever it is. Ooh, still baby, there, and he had to get out fast. Ooh, maybe. And yeah. so. You know, they knocked on the door, and he was like, oh, shit. And then he waited till she went, let the chickens out, went back to the house, called the brother, and when she was gone, he snuck out a window, snuck out a door, and took off. Yeah, exactly. And, Who knows? I mean, it doesn't really explain the slab of bacon. Maybe he was going to cook it. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, know. I really don't know. Otherwise, that's so strange. That's really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird case. <laughs> and there's, like, it. a lot of details oh. about it. And it was so fun to, to, like, actually research and watch all those ghost shows about it. And, yeah, she was, like... And, I mean, if you watch Dead Files, she's pretty accurate sometimes. She's, like, always She's really very accurate. Point. And they don't, like, talk. I mean, who knows if they really don't talk. But they say they don't talk. Um... And she was saying, like, I feel sick, my neck hurts, my head hurts, my back hurts. Can you imagine? Somebody's, like, basically severing your spine. Yeah, say they were bludgeoned repeatedly with a fucking In axe. the face. Like, yeah. Your every, neck's gonna hurt. Your everything's gonna, gonna hurt. hurt. Everything's gonna hurt. So, yeah. It's a weird case. Oh. But I want to go. I want to go so bad. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go and I want to see it. Oh. I might be too chicken to stay. I don't but know. I, would try real hard. I feel like I'd be like, I'd probably bring eighteen thousand flashlights that I would just leave <laughs> all of them on. They'd be like, "There's no electricity." And I'd have like a fucking fifty pack of batteries and huge flashlights. I'd be like, "Don't worry, I got this." This <laughs> show. <It's so. laughs> where's Nicole? She's sitting in the fucking bedroom with all the lights on. <sighs> eighteen oh, yeah. flashlights pointed in every direction. And I watched like you know how like ghost <laughs> adventures they like show you things that are happening in the house when they're not in there. Mm-hmm. Doors were opening by themselves and slamming shut. They were hearing noises. Like, I would literally just sit in the middle of the floor with, like, a salt circle around me. Yeah. And, and, like, would not move and would just record all the noises and probably drink a ton of coffee. Yep. That's what I'm planning for I'd have like this eventual road trip we're going to have. 18 forms of light. I'd have... Battery-powered flashlights. 
I'd have fucking actual candles. I'm sorry if you hear my dog barking right now. <laughs> I also don't know if they can hear um, Macy's nephew is riding around the yard on his dirt bike, and every once in a while there's a loud sound going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that either, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that was your pillow being delivered. <gasps> Guys! I bought this new pillow from so, Serial Killer Shop. I was going to say, shout out to Serial Killer Shop, guys. If you have never heard of them. Please go check them out. Please go check them out. They, they are merch. nice people with a really, really good quality merch. And it's fucking great. We love it. We, we each have a shirt. I just bought a pillow. And I've got like four more shirts that I want to buy that I'm like I, sending to my every mom. Every time I'm like... I'll go on their website, and all of a sudden I have ten things in my cart. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't afford to spend this much on t-shirts. Nicole, stop it. Exactly. <laughs> but everyone's going to know it's going to be for Christmas, because I'm all just going to send them different shirts. Yeah, I want this shirt, <laughs> this and one. this shirt, and, and this, this shirt. One. So yeah, it was, my pillow was supposed to be delivered today, and I told the boys to text me, but... They probably forgot. I, I say, I have not gotten any texts from They probably forgot. Either one of them. That's so. okay. They, they have forgiven. Is They're boys. I probably, you would probably be the one sitting with it. Not me. Yeah, it would probably be over here. She has a fancy chair, which is super comfy, and I have, like, the storytelling chair, which is, mm-hmm. like, this kind of, like, rocky chair. Kind we'll of eventually share an image of our recording space, but we have, like... I think I did today. Oh, you, yeah, you kind of did. Kind of, kind of, not there's, the whole thing. So there's, like... More, it's like a swivelly chair. It's like a it's like a soft cushion like swivel chair, and that's like our storyteller chair. So whoever's doing their case sits there. Yeah. It's like the uh, it's more it's like an upright. It's chair. It's more of an upright chair, and the, the other chair, one's like other. This is like a chair. listener chair, and it's one of those like wicker like bucket chairs. So it's like big yeah. and brown with this huge cushion, and you can like I could curl up in this shit and take a nap. <laughs> yellow pillow and it is so cozy yeah i we've made this room kind of cozy and i'm excited because we think that the majority of our halloween decorations i mean unless they are like happy halloween are are probably gonna come up here eventually i mean we bring elbert here every week and he's sitting like in the bathroom downstairs (laughs) on a normal day we love elbert we love elbert and you'll get to see a picture of elbert real soon (laughs) anyway Thanks for guys. Thanks for hanging in with us with these stupid mic issues and seriously. Thank you for listening. If you still are, um, we want to hear from you. We want to hear all your spooky stories. Do you know a place that's haunted? Have you been to the Villisca Murder House? Did you stay overnight at the Have Villisca you been house? there? Or have you stayed overnight anywhere? Tell us about spooky. it. Maybe we'll recover the case. Like that would be fun. I want to hear everything you got. Just I bring it on. Just. Send me the world's longest email and I will definitely read it because I yeah. just want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from you guys and we want to know what you want to hear about. Exactly. Um, that's important to us. So, yeah. Well, tell them where they can find us, Nicole. So, guys, we are a little bit of everywhere. Um, if you want to find us on Facebook or Instagram, we are at Buzzkillers Podcast. Woo! If you head over to Twitter, we are just at Buzzkillers Pod. You can't fit podcast. It's too long. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> um, 
And we have our very own website. Yeah. www.buzzkillerspodcast.com. Which has that really cool wine page. Yeah, it has everything on it. You can learn a little bit about me and Macy. You can listen to our podcast there. You can check out the wines we drink. Um, you can contact us. You can contact us, which is one of the best fucking parts. There's, if you don't feel like sending us an email, we do have a Gmail. It is buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. But if you want to make it simpler, you can go to our website. We have a contact page, and you just fill out the form. And, and it sends us an email. goes right to our email. You don't even have to try. And it is so super easy. And we really want to hear from you guys. Drop us a line. Drop us a review. Exactly. Drop, fucking everything. Like. And we are actually on a, a couple of new platforms as of last week. Um, we're obviously on Apple Podcasts and Spotify still. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to get uploaded to this, like, new... A- Amazon has their podcast thing. Yes. But I don't think it's active yet. I uh, think that's why we can't find I it. I was gonna say, it says we're on there. Every time I th- every time I go on Podbean to check out where we are, it says we're on the Amazon podcast thing. I just don't think that Amazon has launched it yet. Yes, that's what I think. I, I have, to be honest, if you know how to find their podcast and we're just both Dummy. Tell yeah. us. But, like, we can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I have to agree with you. I don't know if it's launched yet or not. I don't, but I, because I look for podcasts all the time and I'm but not sure I've found any. We can check it out. And then we're also on Google now, right? Google Podcasts. They Google have their podcasts. own version. And I'm thinking about uploading us to Pandora. Ooh, cool. My mom is, like, an avid Pandora user. And she was like, can I listen on Pandora? So, Pandora, my mom. Pandora was, like, one of the first. It was before Spotify, I remember. Oh, yeah. Because that was the big thing, I think, in, like, high school. Everybody's like, do you have Pandora? And I was like, no. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But, I yeah. had a lot of CDs. Yeah. I was still at the point where I had a computer that actually had a CD drive because my computer no longer has that. Mine does. Mine's old as fuck. Lucky, honestly. My car doesn't even have a CD drive. That's annoying. I literally can't play CDs in my car. I mean, like, I have Bluetooth, so I can't complain. But, like, I when I first got my car, I didn't even realize it. And I actually had to Google where the CD drive is supposed to be. <laughs> I have a Jeep Cherokee, guys, and it's a 2018, so it's kind of new. And I didn't realize that there wasn't a CD player. And all of a sudden, I was like, am I missing Yeah, a something? lot of the newer cars But I, now, a newer car, it's like a, it's like an option. You have to pay extra. I know, it's so annoying. Do you have a CD player? I was like, but Why I... Why do you have to I'm like, okay, but, um, charge me for things that I love? Right? I'm like, I get it. All my phone, all my music's on my phone. I have Spotify but on my phone, I yeah. do still have, like, growing up, that was my big thing, is I collected CDs for I all musicals. Musicals and musicals exactly. and more musicals and all I have is the CDs and, and I have so many CDs and that was my favorite thing because like if I forgot my phone or my phone died I had CDs now I can't play CDs in my car because apparently you have to pay extra for it and I didn't know that fuck you cars <laughs> fuck you goddamn technology man bring the CDs back <laughs> they're pretty cool I like CDs but I like my phone too but it's hard when my phone dies that's Fun annoying. Fact record sales like actual like vinyl record sales surpassed like their like top sales for like the last like 20 years well, do you see how many records we have right there well it's just in in the last year like really? recently because all of a sudden everybody wants records again everybody loves that classic form of playing music so between record players everybody and likes retro 
Exactly. Everybody's getting retro. Everybody's like, ooh, that's retro. I love it. I'm about it. I mean, honestly, you can go you can go to a lot of stores now and they have you can get Panic at the Disco on vinyl. You can oh, get yeah. everybody I had a friend that got like Britney Spears on vinyl. Oh, they have everything. I mean, I'm from Massachusetts. They're just starting to bring them into New York. But in Massachusetts we have a store called Newberry Comics. And it started on Newbury Street in Boston. That makes sense. And part of their thing is they're a part their big, big record section. Oh. But they had not only have they'll take used records and sell them, but they also get all the new records. Oh. And so like they have brand new records from freaking everybody. Ed Sheeran and yeah. all of those top artists that actually put out the records because a lot of people are doing it now. Yeah. And it's a good money maker. It's you know honestly people's... way more popular than it has been in a very long time and it's crazy. We have a record player and Tyler and I have a ton of us Ryan records. I, Ryan and I want a record player so bad. I have I have you one get them on Amazon for cheap. Yeah. I say I have one record. I had two, but I gave one to my my friend Erin. Hi Erin, I love you. Um, <laughs> gave, Hi Erin. I gave her my Mayday Parade record because I felt so bad. It was like I picked it up at Newberry Comics and it was like a limited edition. Mm. It was like the the actual vinyl record was like orange and black, like splatter. Ooh. And it was only like it was like a rare and it was only specific to Newberry Comics. Ooh. And I got it because in college my ex had a record player uh-huh. and now he's my ex so obviously I don't have a record player anymore and I was like I know she loves this band this is like just right. sitting here not doing anything so I'm I gave her this that and then I have a, I have a walk the moon one too that I tack to the wall which everybody's like that's so bad for it and I'm like I don't use it for anything else yeah Tyler is very <laughs> specific about how he likes them to stand up they, and... you're supposed to store them like upright. that. Upright, yeah. Upright. Upright. That's how you can get them to not warp. Um, I knew... I feel like if they're flat, then they won't warp, but I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Um, I don't know anything. I don't either. <laughs> I don't understand the difference, but I have been told that literally everywhere is your vinyl record should be stored upright. Well, good thing that I follow Tyler's instructions. <laughs> you guys really do have a lot of We records. have a lot of I don't think I've ever actually looked at that bookshop before. There's so many of them. <laughs> and like actually paid attention to the fact that those are all records. Yeah, there are a lot of um classical music. Yeah. A lot of I can see music. that. A lot of I can see that for you guys. A <laughs> lot of opera. Because I'm an opera singer. Alright, anyway, so guys. We got a little off topic there at the end, but anyways, Sorry. guys. Sorry. Thank you for listening to episode seven. Episode seven and, and next week will be episode eight. Yes, next episode is Nicole. I hope you guys are enjoying our regularly scheduled release dates. I mean, now. we've only, I think, really, we've recorded three at this point, but only one has actually come out. Yeah. The other one comes out tomorrow. I know. So. Um, I can't wait. It's mine. And it's I'm so excited. I know. Uh, and we've already picked our topic for next month. Yes. You guys. We can't tell you yet. It's a secret. It was like a decision that we made in the car. We were taking a little road trip together. And we were like, maybe we should do this next month. And both of us just kind of looked at each other and were like, did we just decide on our topic for next month? I yes. think we fucking did. Yes. Kind of like in Step Brothers when they look at each other and they're like, did are we you best friends? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Yup. <laughs> do you want to go play with samurai swords in the garage? Yup. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I have so many much more room for activities. I felt like that when we switched the podcast rooms. I was like, we have so much more room for activities. So much more room for activities. 
Anyway, we are crazy, but thanks cool. for sticking in with us because we've had all these mic issues. But um, we, you guys are rock. We we love you. We love you so much, and um, we will be back next week. Yes. And uh, with our last case of September. Oh, I can't wait to tell you this case. It is so I bizarre. I am pumped because I've never heard it before. Because I didn't know this case until I started to research it. And as I kept researching, every five seconds I was like, it gets weirder. It gets worse. What is happening? That's how I felt with Albert Fish. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I really was so confused. But yeah, we are pumped for the rest of September and we're pumped for October. We're, we're even thinking about maybe coming to you live the day of our Halloween party, which yeah. will be exactly on Halloween. But you need to follow our social media for that because it's all going to be on social media. Exactly. So Definitely. check out our Instagram and our Twitter and our Facebook because... We'll probably be doing like videos and stuff. Yeah, you'll get shows. some clips <laughs> in our stories, some posts, and honestly, we are going to probably have some stuff to drink, so... You never know what I mean, might pop up. You, yeah, really, seriously. We're fun people, we hope. I mean, we hope. We think we're fun. We think we're fun. <laughs> if you don't think we're fun, I'm sorry. You have a terrible opinion. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there it is. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it and is. And I think that's a good place to end. It With is. whoop, there it is. So, uh, we love you all, and we're so excited for next week. And, and we'll see you then. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>